What's up, gang? What's up, sippers? Welcome back to Nerd Sip, episode seven, where I'm joined here by Samuel. How's it going? And on, oh, it's <laughs> jumping in. I real mean, quick. I didn't, How's I didn't, I didn't actually ask you how you were doing. This now, voice, <laughs> this voice is if, my uh, voice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello, it is me. <laughs> I am Sam. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, continue. Yeah, well, I've just got to. I'm just, no, just going to do this really disjointedly now because I was going to do this and uh, oh, nice. get the old get the old get the old crack in there. Nice work. Um, nice work. So, what is Nerd Sip? What is the Nerd Sip podcast? It's a podcast where Sam and I we pull together. This is the eighth game. episode. It's the seventh episode, isn't it? Uh, it's episode eight. What? Yeah. And you probably and people probably already know what this podcast is about. Eight episodes in. <laughs> well, mate. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Mister Assumption or Presumption. For those of you who don't know what we do, <laughs> if this is if this is your first time listening, we talk about game news and sometimes tech news, but mostly game news. Um. All right, Sam. So that's it. If you want to follow us. <laughs> All right, Sam. That's it. <laughs> what are you doing? Scissor. You've you've thrown me off. You've thrown me off, Sam. You've completely done. Get me. get back on uh, track. If uh, if you want to follow us, if you want to get in contact, you want to follow what we do, go suss out our Instagram uh, at Nerdsit Podcast. Go to our Twitter at Nerdsit Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. If you want to interact, have a chat, I mean, comment on anything on either of those platforms or send us an email at nerdsip at gmail.com. Yes, and if you send us an email, we'll read it out on the show. Actually, there is an email I want to read out. What? Oh, you don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just reminded me of that. I forgot about it. Wait. Hey, which, which email? Wait, I've got it open. Got it. Wait, where is? Oh, it's not. It's not. This there. is unorganized. We'll, we'll do it another episode. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't planned at all. You just reminded me of it. Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, the, um, how are you, Sam? Are you doing well? I'm gonna actually ask you now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for being interested in my feelings. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Doing pretty good this week. Uh. What happened this week? I pre- happened we pre-ordered uh, Animal Crossing and been playing some itch games. We're organizing Very some cool. interviews with some developers on to talk about their indie games. And yeah, it's been a pretty pretty busy week this week. I'm um I'm actually I'm really looking forward to having a chat with these guys. Hey, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Played their games, sussed them out. It's uh, it's pretty, it's really cool stuff because, um, for those of you who don't know, we haven't talked about it too much on on this platform or podcast. But Sam and I have uh, had a crack at have a, had a crack at building a game once. Uh, it's called the Golf Game. <laughs> Never released. <laughs> and uh, it's it's really interesting having had a crack at it and then being really interested in it and then playing games ourselves and then reaching out and having a chat with and playing other indie developer games. 
uh, or developers developing indie games. Uh, and just sort of seeing, you know, what their concepts are and what they've come up with. And it's going to be really cool to just have a chat with like-minded people uh, just about their approach, what they do, why they do it, what they want out of it. Yeah, really keen for it. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, that reminds me, I've also been working on a game. You have own. been, the uh, Extra Virgin Olive Oil game. Yes, yes, exactly. It's a, um ARPG where Cooking you play <laughs> as a bottle of Extra Virgin Olive Oil with an assault rifle. Yeah, I think it's a G38 rifle. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's a special carbine uh, from GTA Five, essentially. I yeah. I is it wait G thirty six? Yes, that is it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I got the I got the inventory inventory system working yesterday, and tomorrow morning I'll work on adding the actual items. I mean, it's all working. I just gotta create the items. Yeah. Yeah. What are you are you what are you using for the for the like sprites and models and stuff? Oh, it's all like placeholder like uh where did I get them? I know I, I got uh, them, I got them right. free yeah, yeah. the website. Yeah, you uh like that Unity pack you were talking about. I'm yeah, not yeah. using those yet. I'll put those in eventually. But I'm I'm using oh. different ones. Yeah, okay. Well well maybe we can interview you later on <laughs> yeah probably i don't know if, if i ever finish it <laughs> <laughs> once at once upon a day yeah <laughs> but yeah well tell okay. me sam what's 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 happened in the last sort of week what in, in has world? happened it is news time um activision subpoenas reddit to find out who leaked call of duty Warzone. um <laughs> so, so have you, yeah have you heard of this um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so good. So a week ago, a Reddit user took to the forums and posted images, which then started disappearing on a ground of copyright infringement. Users reported a notice from Activision that the picture was a copyrighted image containing key artwork for an upcoming video game, Call of Duty Warzone. Um, Call of Duty Warzone from the sounds of it is going to be an attachment to call of duty modern warfare um but um i have heard uh that they recently put out a new map or something and when you're playing the map when you go into like the esports spectator view you can actually zoom out and the zooming just keeps going and the map keeps going and it expands out into this even larger map, like a kind of map you'd pick, picture like 200 players dropping in on. So oh, it's like Battlefield sort of scale. Thing. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty... It's almost obvious that it's going to be a battle royale. Um, yeah. Which yeah. they said they I were going to do for that. ages. Yeah. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of weird that they're like going after this guy, but because yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, but like I mean, people shouldn't leak shit. But then again, like once something's leaked, like who cares? I don't know. But I mean, okay. So you think about like last episode when we talked about the, the like the Nintendo. No, was it last episode? Or the episode before. 
uh, the Nintendo hacker guy. Yeah. He, like, hacked servers with the intent to gain information and then share the information. This dude has just taken something that, obviously, the devs didn't have foresight in and then shared it. Yeah. So, I just... I mean, like, I think it's I think it's fair. Is it a security weakness it, or... But I, I don't know how it but I mean, Well, it's a mechanic, like, based on what you just said, there was a map and then a spectator mode that is in the game already that, that was implemented on purpose. Ah, oh, the, original, the original image that was posted was artwork for the game. Oh, I'm just saying that you, you can, okay. or you used to be able to zoom out. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know whether he, the guy got the hack. Uh, I don't know where the guy got the artwork from, but yeah, it yeah got taken down. Um. On February fourteenth, Activision filed a subpoena against against Reddit with a gl- with a goal to identify the alleged infringers. Once identified, Activision plans to pursue legal action against the leaker. The company did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So, yeah, that they have they haven't um yeah, explained anything further. That is that is so they just want to pursue legal action. Um I yeah. mean Given the context of the leak, I don't know if that's like a reasonable reaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. It's been like pretty positive um, reviews from the audience so far as well. Like people like stoked on the news. So Yeah, it's like maybe they wanted it to be more of a surprise, which I can completely appreciate, but at the same time, I feel like it's a pretty heavy crackdown. Yeah. No, definitely. Um it's yeah, I don't know, but I I did hear a while ago that um video game developers and publishers are kind of like collectively agreed to go a bit harder on uh leakers and hackers um from now on just to just as a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I know know about it. I don't disagree with that approach at all. I mean, like you know, you like a developer, a publisher announces a game, everyone gets excited about it, and then they control what people know about it. Yeah. Great. It's a it's a whole like PR marketing strategy, right? Um, but then someone breaking that flow or ruining that plan obviously puts a stint in timelines or you know however you want to phrase it uh so i can sort of get it get it from that perspective but yeah at the same time i don't know maybe 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 because it doesn't directly impact us we're just like oh whatever man but (laughs) yeah exactly like someone someone's worked hours and hours on a marketing plan um and put put all these like dots and points in place and then some random person goes and leaks it (laughs) yeah that's yeah, from from that point of view, it's like, oh, fuck this guy. But yeah. See, I'd be interested in, because I think, like, there's more layers to a leak, right? So it's like there's the person that actually publishes a leak online, whether that's someone completely separated from the creative process or the, the business process. How did that person obtain that information? 
yeah. is I think is arguably more important to sort of think about. Because um, in this case, like you and I were having a conversation about this, I think recently, uh, where it's like, okay, it was just old mate Joe friends with a developer or someone involved in that team that told them about some news or showed them a screenshot on the phone, sent them a screenshot or a bloody uh, some artwork of the map and then his mates posted it online. Okay, does the mate get, uh, like, you know, punished as severely, or does the person who, you know... Well, they'd they all get punished. Well, they, they, no, but I guess my question is, like, every, like it's not right in for at, at any stage of the league, but I don't think the person that actually did it is as more in trouble as the person who allowed it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know. What do you think? Tell us. What do you want to? Yeah. What's your thoughts? Um, if we if we get any more information on this story, we'll talk about it next episode. We will. Yeah, that's it for that. But developers at Respawn, Respawn Entertainment, the gang behind Apex Legends, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, for example, is uh, apparently knew about a handful of bugs when the game released in November prior to its release. But they gambled it, thinking that it would be better to get the game out in the holiday rush. And a lot of that, based on the context of all of this, is sort of an approach to EA's sales expectations. Uh, so the EA's sales expectations for Fallen Order were between 6 and 8 million copies by March 2020. Uh and they've well and truly destroyed that. It's not even the end of February, and they've already cracked eight million. My God, which is that's fucked. Yeah, which is insane. Uh, so it's <clears throat> so you know, yeah, it, like uh, in response, Vince Zampella, uh, one of the developers in the Respawn team, uh, outlined in an interview with US Gamer that it was a conversation that we had, and we decided that we wanted the game out there. Uh, we wanted to get it, you know being out for the holiday because they felt as though it was a game sort of that would do better or designed for the holiday period. But at the same time, I guess it's kind of impossible to determine, uh, you know, whether or not Fallen Order would have had the same level of success had it been released later. Um, Because clearly, you know, the bugs in the game didn't actually impact its response i mean i personally didn't experience much many bugs or you know anything like that at all um but then there was a lot of uh like reviewers that noted you know the game had a lack of polish compared to other respawn titles uh like apex legends as i mentioned earlier um but again you know it's hard to sort of argue with the results because of the you know fallen order sales being just absolutely monstrous 8 million copies as of January, which is buck wild. Yeah, I wonder how many, like, per month they're doing. Well, it was released in November. Yeah, crazy. That's. Yeah, yeah. so. For some reason, half, it feels like it was released in or so. July or something. Yeah, like, so, like, two and a half mil a month from release? If, like, roughly? That is nuts. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's more than for 2.7 mil. Crazy. Like, absolutely it's crazy. It's like an $80 game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, like, following its release, since release, Respawn has released, a, you know, a number of patches fixing and resolving these issues to sort of appease most players. Um, 
but they, you know, I think the determination is just sort of a hard conversation saying that we want this game to do the best we can. And obviously, you know, they would have had KPIs from EA being like, these are our sales expectations based on the investment into the game and for us to make a profit to further investing, you know, for other projects or this project or whatever else. Uh, this is what sort of we would like it to, to meet. And it's obviously well and truly met that, but I think having that conversation and releasing it within the holiday period uh, definitely increase the chances of it reading, reaching that expectation. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Outside of that, that's, I thought that was re- I thought that was cool, Sam. I thought that was cool. And I don't know, I'm really stuck. At, eight million is a lot of copies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I can't fathom that. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, I <laughs> Yeah, that's just a ridiculous a, number. I was not expecting that. Yeah, neither was I. When I was reading through it, it's like, um, I was sort of stuck. That's why now I'm just like, holy shit, okay. Yeah, cool, there were bugs and it's well and truly met its expectation. And by the end of the, the fiscal year, it's um, anticipated to sort of hit 10 million copies, you know, with projections. So, I mean, that was the Nerd Sip game of the year, wasn't it? Uh,. Did, no, that was Sekiro. Sekiro, was, that, that it, was second. Yeah, second. yeah it, it was um our both both of our seconds. Yeah. Ah, cool. Very cool. Uh, Super cool. Metro Exodus is off to a strong start on Steam despite its previous epic exclusive yeah, exclusivity. Uh, Metro Exodus was the first major title to receive backlash for launching as a timed exclusive on the Epic Games Store. This became a familiar reaction to such agreements last year, affecting titles, um, big AAA titles, much like the Borderlands 3, um, which is a great game. Um, discussing the Steam release of Metro Exodus, CEO Lars Wing. Wine, wine fuzz, wine fuzz. I don't know how to. I've never seen. <laughs> I've, I've never seen this name in my life. I can't even picture that name or word that you try to say. W i n g e f o r s. And anyway, uh, Lars Wingfuzz, CEO uh, Lars L, L Dog Lars W, said that he was happy to see it's been performing well. Having sold, appro- uh, having sold approximately 200,000 copies in its first few days, which, which is crazy. Like, it, it, is, it hasn't yeah. been on that, that long at all. Um, though food for thought, Metro Exodus sold 2.5 times as many copies on the Epic Games Store during its launch window than its predecessor, Metro Last Light, managed on Steam during its release window. So, yeah. Um, interesting that's yeah so it's like the epic games uh yeah the the epic games store exclusivity didn't really matter i mean no like that maybe they would have sold more but but yeah i mean i yeah we we've said it before we don't like epic but if there's a game on there like we'll get it i i played metro on xbox uh xbox game pass um yeah, yeah. i haven't finished it yet i probably finish it but um but yeah 
Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at this stuff because last year there was a big scuffle about this and people were saying, oh, it's going to be going to be terrible, which, yeah, like I thought it was going to be terrible as well, but looks like it's not so bad. People just want to play the games that come out. Um, it'd be interesting to see Borderlands figures, honestly. Yeah, well, that, I was just thinking the same thing because, you know, we both have our opinions about, you know, the app. Epic and Epic Game Store, and you know the the DRM and all the rest of it. Um, but like, I think about Borderlands just on a personal level, where really I didn't care what I was booting the game from. I didn't buy it from Epic, for example, but I just wanted to play Borderlands, man. Uh, so I think in this case, as you said, it sort of then didn't necessarily impact sales. People were just actually keen for the game. Yeah, because it's the third game in the series. Like by that time you know the the game's got fans uh people Concepts established and it's yeah. it's a storyline game so people want to f- know what f- happens and yeah all, all these factors just add in i yeah i mean i don't know i as much as i prefer like i i'm it it promotes or promotes it provokes a thought for me what what is like epic like offering these publishing de- publishers and developers for them to actually be like, yeah, let's do it this way. Let's go through these. Uh, they, they, yeah, that um, was made transparent last year when the uh, big arguments were happening. It was like a 20% increase in profits towards the developers, oh, okay. which is massive. Sure. It is massive because Steam, like Steam's, not bad, but it's still like a pretty pretty sizable cut. It's like thirty plus percent or something. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a lot, man. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean that's all I gotta say about that. I haven't got anything else. Yeah. Well, speaking about Borderlands, yeah. The director Eli <laughs> Roth, behind Cabin Fever and the movie Hostel, is set to helm the film adaptation of Borderlands, the action video game franchise for Lionsgate, which is super damn cool, but also really scary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the Emmy Award winning screenwriter Craig Mazine, or Mazin, Mazin, I'm guessing Mazine, uh, penned the script for the project to be produced by Avi Ared and Ari Ared through their Ared Productions banner. And Eric Fagg, who oversaw the development through Picture Start. Uh, in a statement uh, by Roth, I'm so excited to dive into the world of Borderlands, and I could not be doing it with a better script, producing team, and studio. I have a long, successful history with Lion Gate. I feel like we've grown up together, and that everything in my directing career has led to a project of this scale and ambition. Super, super cool. And I mean, I am scared because it's Borderlands, and I'll Borderlands is one of my favorite games ever. Um, and then it's also amongst sort of a, re- a recent sort of video game adaptation of movies, amongst you know Mortal Kombat, Angry Birds movie, uh, Detective Pikachu, Sonic. yeah, Sonic, um, are sort of coming to you know the big picture, the big screen. Um, and, and yeah, I just, 
there's also no outline as to whether or not it's going to be live action or not. And I don't. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard it was live action. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. Um, okay. But can we take a moment to think about it? Imagine, imagine Borderlands cutscenes being turned live action, right? That yeah. To me, it's going to look like a shitty Power Rangers movie, an R18 Power Rangers. Like, okay, to, to spin that. It, it's going to be cringe, what is, is what I'm saying. I, I, I have high hopes, or maybe it's, a, it's wishful thinking, because something like this makes me think of Mad Max. Yeah, if they did it like Mad Max, that'd be sick. Yeah. Like some kind of... That- um, <clears throat> A movie where it's like the whole, just the whole movie is just like one big chase or something like that. Yeah, it's like one big action scene. Um, I, that, that's like reading and hearing about this, that is where I see this going. And I think I just want to see it going that way. Because otherwise, I think it's exact, it's going to sort of potentially be exactly what you said. Uh, a bit try-hard cringe. Yeah, try-hard's a very good word. That's yeah. I'd, I'd say more try-hard than cringe. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't wish anything bad on it. Obviously, like I want it to be good because I, I love Borderlands. But I, I, yeah, I don't know about this one. I, I think it doesn't need to be. Uh, doesn't need to be happening, and they could probably use put that money somewhere else or something like that. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I mean, Detective Pikachu didn't need to happen. Sonic the Hedgehog didn't need to happen. Uh, <laughs> like, so Sonic didn't need to happen. Detective Pikachu, I think, should have happened because they've they already had Pokemon's got a full catalog of animated movies. Like they're they and Pokemon's are just a mammoth. Like they're at a stage where they need to be doing shit like that. They need to be like reaching out multimedia. Um, like that Pokemon needs a fucking theater show, like a pack or something. I don't know. I really hope it doesn't get a theater show. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. But you know what I mean. Yeah. That they're, they're at the point where they need to branch out. Like Borderlands does not need to branch out. So yeah, I don't know. I think uh, my takeaway from Detective Pikachu is that it didn't need to happen, but I'm glad it did happen. Yeah. And that is what I want from Borderlands. And I agree with you that Pokemon is just such a mammoth and such an established brand and name and just a complete consumption of what is like the anime side of entertainment or the animated side of entertainment in both visual, you know, video game, merch, whatever. Borderlands is not that at all. It's a video game franchise. Um, I just i i want it. I want it to be good. I'm just scared it's not going to be. But given the direction, uh, like the directing team, um, you know, production team behind Cabin Fever and Hostel, they're good movies and they had great production behind them. I just hope there's a lot of foresight. Yeah, some quality and, assurance. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's it. I mean, part of me, part of me wishes it wasn't happening purely because, like, so much of me just wants it to stay how I want it. 
and yeah. how I think maybe most people want it is just like a really good video game franchise um, that tells a story really well and uh, <clears throat> connects you with the characters really, really well, I think. I don't know how they're going to have that same approach in a movie that goes for an hour and a half to two hours, especially if it's live action. And like maybe it is just going to be some of the characters just completely playing through like a 20 chapter video game in an hour and a half just in one non-stop no side mission level of chaos to defeat like you know the boss i feel i feel like that's what would a borderlands movie would be it'd have to be chaotic well that that's what i mean if it's not that and they try doing like like it's not gonna have walking you know for for 30 minutes trying to get to your objective or yeah. <laughs> upgrading <laughs> or like grinding guns it's not going to have all the video game aspect of it but it needs to just be such a focused focused approach and i hope it is because and the only reason i say that is i want i want to have i want to have high hopes for it because i like it so much uh but i'm also just nervous about it yeah that's fair enough i, I just had a thought like every what if, like, every single scene, the main character is carrying a different gun? Oh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's this zero continued continuity, so, <laughs> and it didn't work. Because, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like if you if you start taking away some of the minor approaches to Borderlands, it's like you like you kill an enemy and you find a new gun. Like you just bin your old one and pick up a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna? Like, how are they going to portray Marcus? How are they going to portray Moxie? Like, it's just all of these pinnacle characters in the side stream of what is sort of the protagonist in the game. I, I'm just, I'm so interested in how they're going to do it. I'd also be really interested to know what, like, Gearbox and 2K feel about it or think about it. Yeah. Because um, it's got to be, they, there would have been conversations around it just with regards to licensing, but... yeah. I mean, I'd love to know what that conversation was like. Like I, I know I've, I have already written that off, but I guess can't really say much until you see a trailer or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see a trailer. Yeah. Basically, I'm knowing that it's going to happen. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy it's happening, but I just hope it's done well. Yeah. I don't want this to be like, you know, because not everyone plays video games and not everyone knows what Borderlands is or is interested in video games. And if this is going to be their introduction to what Borderlands is and it's shit, like... I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't have a point. Like, because it, uh, it, yeah. it's a movie, yeah, it's possible that that's going to be an introduction, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it could be an introduction for a lot of people. Like, you think about the Marvel movies and, you know, like... You're very much into ca- like the canon and canon when it comes to Marvel or DC or Star Wars or whatever else. Uh, like what actually happened in the comic books and how it was written originally. But people don't know nor want to invest the time or have an interest in reading, you know, researching that. Yeah. The movies is a far more accessible platform for that introduction. Um, and you could say that overall they've done very, very well with it. So I just hope that this sort of has the same impact. Um, yeah, as a general rule, I always say that the canon is always better and that it applies to everything. I've never seen, never seen an adaptation that's better than the canon. That's, I will never disagree with you. Um, 
yeah, and I definitely don't disagree with you. But as like, I I personally don't have the <clears throat> the sort of understanding or knowledge of it that you do. Um, <clears throat> but just sort of at, at, like on a surface level, like you could say that Marvel has done very well with their big screen adaptations to the to the Marvel franchise, like to the to the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is sort of you know it's a marketing thing, it's a business thing. Um, it's you know. So I just, I just, I just hope a similar approach is made. I hope it's done as well. That's, that's, that's all I got for that one. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> scared. Sam. <laughs> I'm scared. It's a horror movie. Um, information on the new Riot Games developer. Wait, I've written, I've written my notes all jumbled up. All right, let me start this again. This is a train wreck. All right. Information on the new developer. Okay, information on the new Riot Games game. That I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say Riot Games game. Riot Games Studio game uh, has been leaked. Uh, I've got a lot of leak stories. Anyway, hmm. leak. <laughs> Um, that there's been news going around that Riot Games is building an FPS, um, and you know Riot Games makes League of Legends, so it's gonna gonna be some kind of esports shooter along the lines of Overwatch and Counter Strike. I'm gonna guess um, a hero shooter essentially. Um, but yeah, information's been leaked. Um, in involving the name of the game so this whole time it's they've called it project a um okay but it's had its commercial name dug up via trademark followed by riot games it seems project a is being called valorant um there's also been a twitter page uncovered under play Val- valorant with multiple big esports e-sport streamers following it um so yeah i i don't i don't know about the twitter how legit the twitter pages but there there is a document online um an official document that's yeah has the uh trademark valorant under uh right games um so yeah it's very possible that this fps is going to be called valorant um yeah that that's the whole that's the whole story on that one. I've 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 got short stories today. I mean, I guess like so they're just they're just trying to inject the, their way into the esports market. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with it. Um, well, they're they're already in esports. I mean, they got yeah the League of Legends. It's yeah, like the yeah. biggest um, esports game. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. I think I think what I was what I was trying to say was a lot of from from what I from what I see like what I take away from games that end up being esports games is that they were a game that was released that could have that had a competitive uh, like element to it that could be utilized and sort of like you know played as a sport, but has there been another game that's released with the intent of it being an esports game? Um, I think Overwatch. 
Was that released with the intent of it being an esports game? Though? Yeah, they um, yeah, right when it was re- released, they were forming teams. Yeah, shit. Okay. Yeah, I like I didn't know that. That was ge- a genuine question. Yeah. Um, because <clears throat> like you know, releasing. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe the maybe the. Of course, there would have to be some level of sort of thought or foresight to to that when it comes to developing a game. Oh, this game seems pretty competitive. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you can do that. It's, um, having having esports around your game is a massive marketing ploy. Basically. Oh shit! It, it creates shit, yeah. it creates another level of longevity to your game. It's a good idea if you can make it do work. You... It's a lot of effort to do that, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got to be tight. Yeah. Um, do you think Do you think they're gonna pull it off though? Like with League of Legends being their background. Oh yeah, they're gonna fucking kill it. It's, it's I I can't see it failing. I cannot see it failing. It's they're gonna nail. Yeah, I don't know. It's Riot Games, dude. The the kings. Like their only competitor is Dota. The but but I'm pretty sure League of Legends has consistently been at the top. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's always tough. and if if literally what they're gonna do is just ch- turn League of Legends into a FPS or some something in that realm, like it, it's gonna do well. And like with Riot Games' reputation, everyone knows about it. Everyone who needs to know about it knows about it. Like. Yeah, it's gonna do well. I don't see it failing unless it it's released in a buggy mess, which can always happen these days. But yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, think it's I gonna feel like. I f- oh yeah, I feel like yeah, as you just said, given the approach and it being right games, I don't think they would allow it to be <laughs> released in any kind of state like that. Yeah, but, um, and I also think because they're they're publishing it as well, it's like they can release it any time. I mean. Yeah, yeah, they they're not they're not strict to a KPI outside of their own. Yeah. So like it'll probably be an early access until it's done. Which is fine. It's more than fine because that there is just an incentive one for, you know, people to play and feel included but at the same time like gain feedback on what's not right with the game. Because the only way to do that is to get as many people breaking it as possible. Exactly. Exactly, Kelly. The more, the more, the more you, the more you talk about. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> the more you talk, the more you talk about. Well, there's, it. there's not much on it. It's yeah, all that's out there is leaks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, just just an announcement and more people. Yeah, it's really but. not much to see. Wait, I'm sorry if you already said it, but was there much of a timeline, or was there literally nothing outside of an announcement? I don't think there was anything. Yeah, they but they haven't even announced anything. Oh, there's no formal announcement, it's just leaks. Yeah, I don't think there's any formal announcements. I can't Google it because key- keyboard sounds. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Just an ear assault. Amazing. E- ear abuse. Audio abuse. <laughs> All right, let's move it off of that. Let's, let's talk about some consoles. Very nice. Let's, let's talk about the Xbox Series X. So Microsoft has gone out of their way. Uh, I mean, one, you know, probably just releasing specs and hype for the console, but at the same time, maybe it's a bit of a, like, a, <laughs> we beat you to it, Sony. Um, releases specs for the Xbox Series X, and their big 
big bloody banner thing they're going on about is their GPU performance, which will include a claimed 12 teraflops of GPU performance. What are teraflops? That's the so, fucking right. weirdest I would, word. I, I've always it thought is. it was a fake word. It, sound, it sounds okay. like some sci-fi Star Trek mumbo jumbo it's like it's like oh my my starship has t- 12 teraflops <laughs> like uh, 20 21 teraflops yeah i don't, I don't all right yeah i will say it's like it's I'll like horsepower like for nerds i don't know continue kelly sorry i cut you off okay yeah okay actually i would argue that gigahertz is horsepower for nerds gigahertz. Um, yeah right. but anyway I would try and explain teraflops to the best of my ability based on what sort of, you know, reading and then how I understand it just in sort of a layman's term. Um, so unlike gigahertz, which measures the, like the processor's clock speed or the speed of the processor, a teraflop is a uh, measurement or like a mathematical measurement of the computer's performance in general. Um, so, like, a teraflop refers to the capability of the processor to calculate one trillion floating point operations per second. Um, so, you know, in this case, what 12 teraflops is saying is saying that the processor is capable of calculating 12 trillion floating point operations per second. Um, so, I mean, what is... A floating point operation. You think of, you know, how a computer operates, you know, with binary, an integer or a whole integer being ones and zeros, a floating point or a float when you think of a variable in code being an integer with a decimal place. Um, like, it's that. If that makes sense. Am I making sense, Sam? So it's, the values behind instructions being floating points, which is more options for instructions being calculated per second. Uh, yeah. What? Just, I mean, the amount, the amount, so it's, it's the amount of shit it can do per second. Essentially. Okay. So it's yeah. like, no, this isn't correct, but what I was going to say, it's like the speed on RAM or something. So that, that refers to the clock speed. So that refers to the speed of the processor, not how many how many processes the processor can calculate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, so what so what it's looking like is the the new the new sort of line of consoles is actually looking at a fairly significant sort of leap in performance over previous consoles. Uh, so, you know, 12 teraflops is a lot on paper. It's technically more teraflops than what a 2080 Ti by, like, NVIDIA offers. But the thing is, is teraflops is, or T-flops, if you will, uh, is not all that matters. A lot uh, a lot of other things come into play with regards to the, you know, setup of other hardware and how it interacts and everything else. Um, but I guess what it indicates is it's it's the performance that sort of, puts the Xbox Series X beyond or around or beyond the most uh, sort of most mid-range graphics cards currently available by AMD or NVIDIA. 
Uh, so to put that into sort of a more realistic comparison, it's comparing it to or being better than uh, AMD's uh, RX 5700 or NVIDIA's uh, 2060, RTX 2060, uh, which, if it's true, is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... What, what I mean, what what they're pairing it with is, uh, you know, as they always do, they you know partner up with AMD or Intel. In this case, it's AMD. They got a custom designed CPU based on AMD Zen two architecture, which is uh the same architecture that the Ryzen uh series is based on, or the Ryzen three thousand and onward series. Um, and then they're also going to chuck in some NVMe SSDs, which is just like we know what booting a game on an SSD is like. It's <laughs> Absolutely nuts. It's like you can't even bloody take a sip of your beer before the game, like before the game actually loads. It's ridiculous. Um, but there's there's some big claims in here, man. But they're also they're they're also claiming that it's going to support 8K gaming and frame rates of up to 120 FPS. Well, well they're gonna want to. I mean, 8K TVs are coming, and the yeah, they're really addressing the downfall of the console, which is a low frame rate. That's that's been the downside of consoles for years. Um, oh, I agree. I struggle to play a console because of it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're finally addressing that. I mean, they they obviously haven't been able to for so long because the the tech costs so much. It's like, yeah, it's just parts are going a lot cheaper, um, so they're able to do it now a lot more affordably. Um, but yeah, they they need that 8K gaming in there for sure, because that that's gonna be a new standard when it comes to TVs. Um, uh, d- especially over the li- well, lifespan of the console. Yeah, okay. So I think that's a good point. I don't think 8K is gonna be a standard anytime soon. But you think of like the lifespan of the recent console generation, probably seven or eight years. I will bet on two years 8K being a standard. Two y- Two years, yeah, man. I will right now bet fifty bucks on that. That it'll be. I'm gonna say five plus years. <laughs> no, dude, they're already in stores. No, they're in stores. But when it comes to a standard for gaming, yeah, like four K is not no, even it's, a standard. It's for gonna gaming. be a standard for everything. They're gonna stop making four K. No way. No, I disagree, man. I why? Why wouldn't that be the case? Because it's so ambitious when it comes to gaming. 8K for sure when it comes to uh, like entertainment in movies or TV shows because you're not trying to push that kind of frame rate or the response or you know all of these things that video games have in play. We can't even push 8K gaming properly with PC hardware at the moment. Yeah, um, but like what I mean is people are going to have the 8K TV, so you, your console wants to be utilizing the full full range of the TV. Yeah, yeah, but I think calling it a standard's a bit of strange. No, nah, it's a standard. Four K is a standard now, just like I don't think just like standard, standard HD now. was a standard. Uh, what five years ago, four years ago? Yeah, yeah, like full, like full FHD, full HD yeah. being like ten eighty p or whatever. Yeah, it um, and I, yeah, uh, times between technologies get shorter and shorter. I think it'll be two years, maybe even less than two years. Yeah, I mean, man, I'd love to see. I'd love to see that. I, I actually think it's going to be a bit longer. Um, but just, I mean, I think the the thing I wanted to sort of say about the AK gaming and the 120 FPS thing 
Um, and just as a side note, apparently there are claims that the PS5 is, you know, looking to push up to 240 frames, which is just ridiculous. Jesus um, <laughs> yeah, man, crazy. But I think, I think the way they're framing this is misleading. So 8K gaming and frame rates up to 120 frames. I don't think those coincide. I think it's going to be 8K gaming at 30 frames. Yeah, okay. 4K gaming up to 60, and then 1080 gaming up to 120. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a difference between those. Like, when you think of a console, and I mean, it's hard to directly compare this with, like, building a custom PC. Because, like, okay, cool, sure, you've got a 1070, I've got a 2070, whatever. With the configuration, you know, with the right configuration with regards to CPU and minimizing bottlenecks and all the rest of it, we could push 4K, 60 frames, sure. Um, but the thing is, is with consoles, they have an advantage being one hardware set that developers can completely focus on. Yeah. So they can optimize it specifically for that hardware set and minimize anything with regards to that which is why I think the possibility is gen- definitely there. Um, but I mean, like, as we said, as you said, sorry, it's like it's completely bridging what has been like a massive gap in console versus, I guess, PC is frame rates. It's like, oh, but you can't, you can't see more than 30 frames with, with the human eye. It's like, <laughs> man, you can, f- <laughs> you can feel it, brother. You can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Sam and I both have, like, 100 hertz monitors, and, like, when you're hitting that 100 frames, like, it is smooth as butter. It is, like, you can't explain it. You just got to feel that. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. But a feature that they've announced is Quick Resume, and what it reminded me of is the Switch's Quick Resume feature, whereas, like, you can just, you know, hit the home button, close the game, sort of like, you know, consoles kind of have it now. But you just go straight back into the game and continue playing where you were left off. But what they've what they're claiming is that you can quick resume multiple games from a suspended state. Yeah, I heard it was like five games or something like that. Yeah, it's which is really cool. I don't know about the realism of it. Oh, I, I use that feature a lot on the Xbox. Do you, do you, uh, well, I mean, so I personally don't, but like, so you would find a benefit? Yeah, yeah. So if, if you, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm the kind of, kind of guy who likes playing multiple games at the same time. And by that, I mean, I'll game hop. Like, I'm, I, no, like you have five TVs and you've like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you've got that you've got the like P2P screen switching on your TV. Six AK screens, got them wall stacked. Surround AK gaming is the standard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, um, shit. What was I gonna say? Yeah. So if 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 you're the kind of guy who likes the game hop and meaning you're playing multiple games at once, like got multiple saves going. Um, Xbox has a cool feature where you can hit the Xbox button and then you can, there's like a little quick menu, you can just click A on another game and it'll open up that game for you. Um, currently on the Xbox One, it's got one, uh, save state. So 
you can only hop from one game. Um, and basically that, that means when you open up the game, it'll open up right where you left off. It, it just saves the state. Uh, books mark, bookmarks it from, from where you left off essentially. But having that with five games that like up to five, like don't you'd ever use that much, probably use two or three at the very most, but for the average person. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a really cool feature. It's like not it's not a necessary feature. It would have been fine to just leave it at what they currently have, but it, it is cool for sure. It's it's one of those yeah, new new consoles love to just add shit that doesn't need to be there to make it sound better. Like it's it's a it's a fluff feature. Also that's that's a good word for it, a fluff feature. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean it what I'd, like now that you've explained it the way that you did, where it could people that could find it really useful are are like game reviewers, um, if they're wanting to sort of hash out sort of multiple sort of recordings in one session, like one sitting or something like that. Um, I mean, given GTA playing GTA Five recently, I wish I could bloody boot that game up from a suspended state because the loading times on that are ridiculous um yeah yeah i think what what this i think what uh the thought that sort of triggers for me from quick resume and the capacity for it uh or the capability of it is the actual processing power that you know these next gen consoles are actually going to introduce it seems like that now they're gonna be at like a genuinely like sort of pc gaming tier like mid-range pc gaming tier um i mean yeah the still a console yeah cool they've got apps you can stream you can you know they're pretty they, they you can do a fair bit with them but they're still a, just lounge room you know bedroom gaming console uh but in order to be able to quick resume as they're calling it games or multiple instances of an application from a suspended state sort of sings to or rings true to their the, the capacity of the processing power ram capacity and you know the the storage so the ssds that are implementing in these things which is really cool so i'm excited about you know people see quick resume and see whatever else and i'm just like oh okay cool they're actually making like significant performance increases in these things which is really exciting yeah um quick question are you gonna get a console you reckon no, I'm probably, no, I'm probably yeah, not. okay. <laughs> the thing is, man, I just I don't enjoy using a controller. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, probably a big big thing, eh? That is the that is the, the your main use of interaction with a video game and a console. When it comes to a fighting game or a racing game or a, you know a platformer, I'll use a controller on the PC. But I one enjoy tinkering and pulling things apart way too much to use a console. Like if like if a game or like something you're doing on a PC starts to not run well and you want to upgrade it, it's pretty likely you could probably just upgrade it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you can't really use that argument. That's just a personal thing because games are like optimized and developed for consoles a lot of the time. Uh, so a lot of those things are sort of unnecessary. But... Like, I think of even playing Fallen Order on the PS4. Like, that was rough for me to play compared to playing it on PC. Why? It was... I found it really jerky and really... And, like, the frame weight was... Frame weight. Frame rate was 
so much lower than what I was pulling on the PC. And it was a very unenjoyable experience for me personally. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, P, P, PC for me was running really well or a lot, a lot better than it needed to. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the thing is, is I have absolutely, I'm not a bloody PC master race. PC's better than console, bloody cuck. I'm not into that. <laughs> Stop bloody arguing. None of this console war crap. I'm not into it. I personally just don't, I just don't want to sit on the couch and play a video game, but a lot of people do, or the majority of people do enjoy that. I prefer to like use, use a computer. I like the, I like keyboard. I like a mouse. I like the operating system. I like what you can do. I don't know. I just enjoy the experience more personally. Everyone um, knows that the new 2DS XL is the <laughs> best console. Everyone knows. Everyone knows that the Dreamcast is the best console. Best consoles. Best consoles only. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this, this topic has been going on for a long time. I just want to make one more final point. Is um they're also fully supporting backward compatibility, backward compatibility, including the original Xbox and 360 games. Hell yeah, that's hell great. yeah. I think that's really. Cool. Um, do you have more stories? We're an hour in, and we I've I've got we, more shit to go through. We are an hour in. I've got one more thing, but I can make it. I can make it pretty brief, and it's kind of just tailing tailing on to the whole P, uh, the whole console thing, but it's for PlayStation. Right, go for it. Um, so let's just quickly brush over it. Um, well, not brush over, but anyway, Sony files a patent for PlayStation Five controllers that could measure biofeedback. Oh, so yeah, so this sort of means anything from sweat to heart rate and whatever sweat. else. How does it? Yeah, like moisture. I don't know. Moisture. Moisture. Um, I don't know whether or not that was just this article's interpretation of bio, but anyway. You know, sort of like your Apple Watch picks up your bloody heart rate and your blood pressure and whatever it does. Um, anyway, so what they did was they filed a patent earlier this month which compromised of one or more sensors for obtaining biofeedback information arranged such that at least one sensor is in contact with the user's hand during use of the controller. Um, what does this mean, really, is to sort of measure the player's emotional and physical response, which can alter or potentially alter a player's experience based on their mental or physical state while playing a game. Uh, so Sony's statement during the patent application was there is a desire in computer gaming to develop an immersive and highly interactive experience for players so as to enhance the enjoyment of the player. This has become a particular of particular interest with the increasing availability of head-mountable displays (HMDs), which are provided with the intention of fully immersing a player in the in-game environment. What do I take away with this? One, super bloody cool. As you said before, it's kind of just uh, like you know, companies being like, "What's new and innovative and f- like crazy that we can just add to like this new release to make it, you know, to add to the wow factor." What it's also going to allow is developers to access the response in this sort of biofeedback tech that they're patenting to respond to the like the, the like the person's the player's 
physical response while they're playing the game. So let's say you're playing a horror game and your heart rate starts to increase, they can manipulate the game to do something different based on that reaction, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, fucking dope. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think it just adds a whole layer as, you know, Sony's sort of stated level of immersiveness. You could that fucking they can just kill start someone. Sort of, so straight up, man. It's like, oh, your heart rate's at 140. Let's see how far you can go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing oh, shit to you until... <laughs> oh, my God. It fucking breaks you. Anyway, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> what have yeah, you how's your, how's your back feel, Kelly? Damn. Oh, man, I'm carrying a mountain dude. on your back. Look at this Look at this bloody KD, mate. you got nothing. Dude, yeah, I know. Dude. No, I'm kidding. Um, I actually, I, I, I get really interested when it comes to, like, sort of the specification and techie sort of hardware under the hood stuff. Um, You're a hardware guy. So it... Yeah, that's it. It is really like I just I love I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. So your hardware, like I'm software. Not I'm software. Your hardware. That's why we get along. Yeah, where you, I'm I'm the into your yeah. You're a Mac. I'm PC. I will fist fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Mac is the superior console. Mac is the superior. Uh, the iPod Touch Gen Four is the superior <laughs> console. All right, all right, all right. Tap tap, whatever that game's <laughs> tap, called. Tap. Anyway, all right. Are we ready for esports? Yeah, man. Crack into that esports. I'm done talking about consoles. All right, so I've got one esports story here, and then we'll get into some Overwatch fixtures. Esports organization TempoStorm raises 3.3 million in investments to launch a game, their very own game. Um, in a super successful funding round, Tempo has raged, raged, <laughs> Jesus, has raged, yeah. has raised the money to develop and publish a new game called Bazaar. It will be a deck-building card game where the construction of the deck will be the main gameplay focus. Um, yeah, there's a, I, I don't know why you'd want to build another deck-building game. It's such a saturated market. Anyway, continue. Um, the organization also plans on building a Game Changers franchise, an all-live travel show which will be live-streamed across different platforms. And that, that's what I found real cool. Um, Tempo Storm founder and CEO Andre Reynard Yanyuk okay, I'm doing really well with names today added while Tempo is well known in the competitive gaming world we've always operated more as a media company than a sports team we believed that interactivity is the future of entertainment and we're incredibly grateful to be working with investors who share that vision our upcoming game and audience-driven shows are blazing the trail in the world of interactive media, and it's exciting to see the future being realized. Tempo Storm currently competes in games such as Shadowverse, PUBG Mobile. Uh, PUBG Mobile. That's a really what the fuck. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. <laughs> Hearthstone. <laughs> Super Smash Bros, Magic the Gathering, and Rainbow Six Siege. Why does PUBG Mobile have a uh, esports? Uh, PUBG Mobile? 
I'm, I'm sure it's just, I'm sure it's meant to be PUBG. It's just a type nah, of... Like, like, I, wh- my question is, why did PUBG Mobile have stake over fucking <laughs> Super Smash in that listing <laughs> of games? <laughs> or Magic the like, Gathering. Or Rainbow or, Six or anything. I don't know what Shadowverse like, is. Sure, that's probably yeah, another like, mobile sh- game for all I can. Yeah, like Shadowverse and PUBG Mobile, it's like, oh, you know, these, these are the games. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. These are the- <laughs> got the players. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah that's Oh, wait, sorry. I thought you had I, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, sorry. <man. laughs> this um, is the <laughs> As you as a, as you said, why why another card building game? <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck, man. That 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 I... ship has sailed. Like you you've got Hearthstone, um, Magic the Gathering, got fucking Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, Yu Gi Oh, Jewel of Z or whatever that app, like the game's called. Yeah, um, you've got uh, Architect. Um, there there's one on the Switch. I forget what it's called. There's a bloody Dragon Ball Z one. Yeah, Dragon Ball uh, Z one. There's there's just too much TCG happening. Uh, it's oversaturated. It That's it. And at the same, oh god, it's like bloody. It's we're in the realm of freaking battle royale again. Yeah. It's like PUBG did it. Everyone wanted a slice of the pie. It died off. We have a few kingpins, um, and. I don't know why did why did deck building card games jump into that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, like Hearthstone's big, but I wouldn't even say it's like bloody destroying the market by any means. No, nah, well, it's definitely surviving. I don't know if it's I yeah, don't know it's, if it's smashing it, but it's like it's going. That's what I mean. Like it's going. Like that's it. Just like oh, you know, these guys are doing okay. Let's get a slice of that half pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I'm> totally. <kidding. laughs> Anyway, yeah, we both got the same outlook on that. Um, yeah, that's the end of that story. Let, uh, let me just so Overwatch these Overwatch League. The standings have changed quite a bit. Yeah, what what's I didn't actually watch the game over the weekend last um, week. How's um how are the boys? Hold so we had New York Excelsior versus Philadelphia Fusion. Um, mm-hmm. they were both tied for number one on the standings. So it's pretty pretty important game, but Philadelphia Fusion came out with the win three one against New York Excelsior. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay, they pulled through heavy. Yeah, pretty interesting outcome. Um, the rest of the stats we've got a win from Boston Uprising against Houston Outlaws, Paris Eternal three one to Washington Justice. New York Excelsior three nil to Houston Outlaws. Yeah, Outlaws didn't weren't looking too good last week. Eh? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, um, that was a game you were like, "There's a game to bet on." Yeah, if I was a yeah. betting man, <laughs> dude, I didn't bet. Oh shit, I forgot about it. Yeah, we should have. We should have bet yeah, three nil, man. That's Not, like a, it was a yeah. predicted. It was yeah, um, calculated. It's simple geometry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone there. He's gone. He's gone and done it. Uh, Philadelphia. Right, I'll quit. You don't have to fire me. <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> Fusion won three two to Toronto Defiant, and Close London game. Spitfire won three two to Washington Justice. Next week, 
well, this weekend, um, is it? Is Fusion it versus this, Outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> is it this weekend? Yeah, yeah, it's this weekend. Yeah, yeah, this, this Sunday. This Sunday, March 1st, 6 a.m., we've got uh, New York Excelsior versus Florida Mayhem. 8 a.m., we have Toronto Defiant versus Atlanta Reign. 10 a.m., London Spitfire versus Houston Outlaws. That's probably another game you can bet on. Um, <laughs> but it's just like every yeah, just every game. Outlaws, yeah. <laughs> every game that Outlaws in, it's just like, yeah, it's the game you can yeah. bet on. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor guys. Um and then you got Monday, March 2nd at 4 a.m. This is a very early game. Um, so early. Boston Uprising Rising versus Philadelphia Fusion, another game you can bet on. Uh, Paris Eternal and Atlanta Rain. 8 a.m. London Fitz, Spitfire, Florida Mayhem. 10 a.m. Toronto Define and Houston Outlaws. So yeah, that's, that's on uh, this, this coming Sunday and Monday. Um, so you got a couple of good bets in there with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the current standings. So, so Philadelphia Fusion uh, have stayed in number one ranking. Um, yeah, after that, yeah. after that three-one win against New York Excelsior, that yeah, they've seized mm-hmm. that position. That's it. They brought it in. Um, I. Yeah, they've, they've currently got 12 wins, 4 losses, 0 ties. Um, Shit, that's a good little win-loss. Yeah, nah, I think that's for rounds as well. So, uh, That's not for overall it's games. Not, it's not games. Um, yeah, they've got 4 wins, 0 losses uh, on games. Anyway, so Philadelphia Fusion in first. We've got Vancouver Titans in second. St. Frist... Uh, San Francisco Shock in third. New York Excelsior's dropped down to fourth. I was going to say, how'd they drop down to fourth? Yeah, well, um, well, they, they only had one that- game that... Yeah, I'm not sure. that Other other teams just must have recruited more points. It's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. Because they, they won against Houston... And then they won all their games yeah. in week two, if I remember. I oh, know they didn't even play in week two. Maybe that's why they don't actually have enough like wins or losses to compete in the overall standing compared to other teams. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, um, they, uh, the only games they've actually, the only game they actually lost is against Philadelphia Fusion. So there you go. Um, yeah. Hopefully, New York Celsius will see them up there again. Um, and then lastly in fifth, we have Paris Eternal. I'm not going to go beyond fifth because there's 20 teams. Uh, Houston, Houston Outlaws are at the bottom. So yeah, that's yeah, what you I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're a betting man. <laughs> we'll uh, keep tabs on Houston Outlaws. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's it for Overwatch League segment. What are the odds that uh, Houston Outlaws come out on top of me? <laughs> That'd be a comeback. That's a, yeah, that's it. The, the true answer. It's going to get a documentary for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're we ready for the indie sip. We're ready for the indie sip. All right, sick. So this game I came across on itch. Um, it is called Ultra Kill Prelude. It is 
Okay, Ultra Kill is a fast-paced, ultra-violent, old-school FPS that fuses together classic shooters like Quake, modern shooters like Doom 2016, and character action games like Devil May Cry. Mankind has gone extinct, and the only beings left on Earth are machines fueled by blood. But now that blood is starting to run out on the surface... Machines are racing to the depths of hell in search in search of more. So yeah, pretty badass premise, if I do say so. Um, but yeah, I played the first level of the game. It's fucking fun. The movement is sick. You can like uh, do wall jumps off any wall, essentially. Um, you got your ground pounds. You got melee attacks, and then the the just the overall like shooting is cool. Um, there's currently a demo out on itch. You can go to hakita.itch.io. You spell hakita, H-A-K-I-T-A dot itch dot I-O slash ultra kill, one word, uh, hyphen prelude. And, uh, you'll be able to download the um, demo from there. I recommend it. I recommend it. I think this is my favorite indie sip we've had so far. Um, yeah man I haven't actually played it but looking at it and reading about it it looks right up my alley yeah it's awesome um, it's got like a, yeah a, a really cool like point system so like there's a so as you get kills it'll like uh, this cool down bar will go up and it'll be like brutal kill heaps of kills or like yeah and it, <laughs> kill yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it just keeps stacking up and then the, the cooldown bar goes down so you have to keep getting kills in order to keep your whatever status you have and up. There's, there's boss fights and um, uh, in order to regain your health, you have to kill enemies and like walk through the blood. So um, That's pretty wild. Yeah, so you, you regain health by getting covered in blood. Um and yeah, yeah, the boss fights are really cool. I I remember playing the first levels like the just there's like literally thirty seconds of tutorial and you're good to go, which I love. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was like straight into the game, um, playing levels, killing dudes. There was a little bit of platforming, which is sick with your wall jumping, um, and the ground pounds breaking through platforms to get to lower levels. And then eventually, when I got to the boss fight. Um, it was this giant floating head and it was like shooting lasers and shit at me. That, yeah, it's really fun. Um, at the Ultra Kill Prelude features a tutorial, five levels and a secret mission, four enemy types and three bosses, two weapons with two variations each, two difficulties and tons of replayability. So yeah, go grab that at hikita.itch.io slash ultrakillprelude. Yes, that is the indie suit. It's kill or be killed, and every split second is a matter of life and death. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's actually on the webpage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were just spitting shit. (laughs) Oh man, that would have been been nuts. (laughs) Let's hit this bloke up. Let's let's have a chat with this guy. Yeah, I actually do want to talk to this guy yeah, about his game because it's fucking yeah, cool yeah. it's got like your old uh old school graphics i don't know it's a lot of fun 
Yeah, it's super like Wolfenstein, quite uh, like Doom. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. that's it for this episode. Is it okay? That's it from me, my man. That's it from me. Awesome, awesome stuff. So, um, if you enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe to us or leave a review. Um, I believe you can do that on iTunes. Um, follow us on social medias, Instagram and Twitter, NerdSip Podcast. Um, you, yeah, uh, Twitter, Twitter, you, yeah, we, we just, we just post when every new episode comes up on our social medias and then we, we post about like news and things like that and, I don't know, fun stuff. Um, and yeah, yeah, like we were saying at the very the top of the episode, um, we've, we've got some interviews coming up and they're, they're going to be a lot of fun. We've got, yeah, two, two different indie developers, both working on some cool games. We've got a pixel art RTS and then a, it's like a, it's like an old school graphics slender man game in a ramen shop. I think the other game is honestly so fun, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, it'd be cool to talk it is, to. I really, yeah. yeah, I really like it. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. We will see you next time on Nerd Sip Podcast. Thanks for listening. Laters. <laughs>